0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen.
0: We are
2: tonight's
1: entertainment.
0: And that we are. Hello, gang. Welcome to this week's edition of the Fantasy Justice Show, the Miami Draft Party and NFL Draft Recap Edition uh, I tell you, we have a full show planned for you tonight, and you know, I tell you what, I got, I can't. I was, I was going to hold some of this for later, in our coming intro. Uh, while I was down at the draft party, I was able to uh, talk to a couple of the players about fantasy justice, show them the website, becoming friends of the show, and well, part of the new intro next week will include This is Pat Sertan, and you're listening to the Fantasy Gesture Show. And it might include... No, it's not even might. It's going to include... I'm Arturo Freeman, former NFL player, defensive back, and I listen to the Fantasy Gesture. Yep. And just for giggles, uh, and uh, I'll I'll get off the Miami draft party thing. Uh, You can go read the article on fantasyjusticesports.com. And it was a fantastic time. Uh, uh, Before I get to the last clip, I want to thank Ryan Walton and his better half by far, Amber. Uh, They were fantastic guests. Uh, host, uh, uh, and had me on as a guest uh, with them to this uh, great, great production by the Miami Dolphins. They they really know how to throw a draft party. I want to thank everybody from the Miami Dolphins organization that I spoke with. Uh, what a class organization. It's my first time down there, first time dealing with those people, uh, and uh, a class organization, everybody, everybody, uh, from one end of the building to the other, everybody I dealt with was just fantastic. And, um, you know, you can go ahead and see some pictures. And I got a funny little story of what happened before. I almost didn't go. And, uh, Oh, you go ahead and, uh, read that at fantasy, sports.com. And, uh, you'll get to see some really cool pictures too. But, The last part of my intro for next week is from the 1972 perfect team. The Dolphins. Perfect team. Uh, Matter of fact, on the uh, website, he's got his hand on my shoulder, and you can see the Super Bowl ring. Hi, this is Larry Ball, former Miami Dolphin. I'm listening to the Fantasy Jester Show. So, yes. Uh, between that and the pictures, uh, the Stella Artois was ice cold. Uh, it was a fantastic time, except for when I had to listen to my Giants pick. And uh, we'll get into that later. Um, we have my weekly rant, my stop it, just stop it. Uh, we're going to bring in, hopefully, our uh, – we're going to see if he makes the call in tonight. It's 50-50, to be honest with you. And that's how things are with him, usually. Uh He's an instigator. He's a wrestler, promoter, manager. Bill is going to join the show, hopefully, tonight. be talking about uh, the coming pay-per-view uh, with the WWE and payback. And also, uh, i got to poke the bear a little bit about our uh, coming match. Then uh, we're going to talk a little NHL. We're going to talk NBA. Both of them are in their playoffs right now. Then we're going to talk what most of the sports world is talking about, the NFL draft. My, uh, got to be honest with you, uh, my phone, the poor thing, uh, I have several alerts from different organizations, people I know, insiders, uh, even, uh, Adam Schefter on the Twitter. I mean, my poor phone hasn't gotten a break. Uh, but there's, uh, first, you know, I, I got something I want to get off my chest, uh, and that is in my my weekly rant this week. I am a uh, I'm pretty tired. I'm pretty tired of racism in general. It, it makes me sick. Both sides, both sides make me sick. But it's even more stupid when it when it's in sports. And let me point something out to everybody, okay? Because we really this has got to stop. I mean, this has gone too far, okay? We're killing a nation, folks, over the color of skin. I mean, this is just... I, I, here, I'm going to point something out to you and how it, how it's so stupid in sports. Now, if everybody remembers correctly, Aaron Rodgers, every time a big play, touchdown, this, that, the other, he'd do his little gesture, gesture around the his waist, and putting on the belt, and all that crap. And he gets commercials from that. The discount double check, and he gets to do the belt thing. Isn't it so cool? He gets commercials. Cam Newton does a dap, and he's a show-off thug. <laughs> I I just don't get it he's handing a ball to a a child and that comes into question stop it stop it That is really he can't even celebrate that's the same guy that was on the bench when he was throwing interceptions and Carolina was god awful he was hiding under the towel because he was so embarrassed he overcame all that and is celebrating a touchdown no different than Aaron Rodgers, folks. And I don't care who doesn't like what I'm saying. I really don't care. I don't give a shit. That's the most ridiculous thing I have ever, ever seen and heard. Just stop it. With people, white, black, I don't care if you're polka dot, don't get is color of the skin means as much as eye color and your hair color. I never hear about a bunch of sons of guns, blue-eyed people. Are I don't hear how brown-eyed people, well, you have to watch out for them. Can't trust them brown-eyed people. Oh, hell no, blue-eyed people, sons of bitches. No, you don't hear that, so why do you hear it about skin color? Stop it. That's ridiculous. Let me explain something, folks. Hate doesn't know a color. Hate knows hurt. Hate knows anger. Hate knows nothing but hatred. But it doesn't know color. Hate is an equal opportunity offender. Take a white person that is racist, filled with hate. That person would be filled with hate if they were black and you know what the racist black guy out there he'd be filled with the same hate if he was white hate is hate that's just what's in the person what do you want to do do you want to hate or do you want to care about the world around you now the whites have their racists the blacks have their racists and here's the truth assholes come in any color productive, respectful people come in any color. While the small minds of the people are getting caught up with the color of someone's skin, crazy crap is going on in the world that actually could use some attention, folks. Absolutely ridiculous. Take a pick. The economy. What we're doing to the oceans. I know some of you don't want to spend a lot of time in our oceans, okay, and and what's going on. But if you did, you'd see what mankind is doing to it. Good thing you don't live under the water because you'd be shocked at what we're doing. You know, go watch Racing with with Extinction and then tell me how skin color is important. Go watch that. And then come back to me and tell me how important skin color is. I'm going to leave you with this. Instead of finding another person's color offensive. How about we do this? How about we end innocent children starving? When we can find it as offensive as someone's skin color, maybe the kids will stop dying. When we can find it offensive that an innocent, harmless, helpless child will die and not just die, suffer, Clawing at the floor of their parent or their, at their parent as they die from hunger? No, in a country in, that's full of fat sons of bitches, that's acceptable. That's not offensive. Maybe a sports folks can actually start leading the way to end racism. Maybe it's time to just say stop it. That's it, folks. That's what I have for you tonight. And tonight's rant, very serious topic. Serious needs to be taken care of. It's absolutely ridiculous. I'm going to go out and start hating blue-eyed people. I always wanted blue eyes. I got brown eyes. Anyway, let me go ahead. I've got JT and Busy J to bring on in. And, uh, you know, then we're going to bring in the wrestler, Bill Crude. Manager, instigator, troublemaker. We're going to talk wrestling. First up, though, uh, I'd like to go ahead. That's
1: it. That's my
0: man, JT. How are you tonight, sir? Down
3: to the... There you are. How's it going, Jester? Good, good. Not too bad. How about yourself? Uh, pretty good. I'm uh, pretty happy with my Dolphins draft for once in the last, old oh, 20 years.
0: I'll tell you, if you go to fantasyjestersports.com, folks, um, on my uh, article for the draft party, click on the uh, reaction. I-, I taped the reaction when the pick was announced. The place went nuts.
3: Uh, I, I, I mean, they
0: stole well, Tonson.
3: Why wouldn't it? I mean, you got the you got a guy that was top rated on most boards with the 13th pick. So, I mean, that's, you know, I also read several uh, scouts that I respect grade him just a slight notch below Jonathan Ogden or Orlando Pace, which is yeah. a hall of, fame, hall of Fame tackle. So if we can get that kind of guy at 13, I'm pretty happy with that.
0: Yeah. yeah, And we will talk more about that because uh, it doesn't come without some risk, but we'll talk about that later on in our football segment coming up next. I'd like to go ahead. We have uh, our uh, resident, one of our fantastic writers at fantasy dot sports.com. Uh, great person, great writer. Really. Uh, uh, it started out as a, uh, Two people just, you know, working together. And little by little, uh, I, I am proud to call this man a friend. Straight from Brooklyn, baby. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Yes, sir. Jason Busy J. Cordner on the line. How are you, sir? I'm good, I'm good. How's everybody doing today? Uh, better than most, sir. Better than most. Don't even ask JT. Dude, you do you really care?
3: I'm in that kind of oh, mood yeah, of today. Course you do. He's in a mood because he's getting taken behind the woodshed in our fantasy matchup that we mentioned around this time last week, so we're going to rename his team Woodshed Material when we get done with it. And we
0: will... Uh... <laughs> Yeah. um, And we'll discuss that. I'll even give you your time on that. We can discuss that one a little later. Not a problem, sir. Um, But yeah, Jason, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Great to have you, my friend. And uh, next up, what I'm going to do is also on the line as we get ready to talk about the coming pay-per-view gonna be some good matches tomorrow on wrestling. If you're a wrestling fan, it actually isn't a bad show. Uh they they're trying to improve things and working at it. And uh you know we have our own resident wrestler and you know he thinks he's uh you know he thinks he's a bad guy you know and uh so You know, Bill Crude is going to be part of the show. We're going to be wrestling. Uh, We've got a show that's coming up in June, and uh, we had some fun at the recent draft party, but uh, before I bring him in, I guess this is the best way to uh, describe Bill Crude.
2: I'm about to whip somebody's ass. Oh, I'm about to whip somebody's ass. Oh, if you don't leave me alone. You're going to have to send me home, because I'm about to whip somebody's ass I... There
0: you go. Bill, how are you tonight? <laughs> I'm, I'm wonderful. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> you That's know, I had to him, have man. something for you. I had to have something for you this week.
3: That was awesome. Where's JT at? I like him. Bill, how's it going? Hey, I'm surprised he didn't play the theme song to like Days of Your Lives or something like that to try to stir the pot a little bit more. So I got to give Jester a little credit there. Uh, yeah, but you see who don't...
0: stirred the pot, though. You see who already
3: stirred the pot?
0: JT, he's not in <laughs> studio tonight with me. You can't stir it tonight. doesn't matter.
3: Hey, I'm it's all about preparing him for June.
2: The only reason I'm not in the studio is because I whooped your ass last time I was there. Hey, listen, oh, man, I, I, was, I wasn't the
0: one that went through the table that night, so uh, you bring it, wrestling boy. But uh, listen, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. First, I want to talk about the coming pay-per-view, and we've got some interesting matches. I mean, first of all, they're going to talk, uh, before we get to the matches, Mc- McMahon is going to announce the new uh Guy who's going to run RAW, and I mean, really, is, is it a big secret? Does anybody here? I'm going to start with. Uh, I'm start with Bill. Go to uh, Busy J and then go to JT on this. Does anybody think that Shane McMahon isn't going to run RAW? Jason, Busy J, what's up, man?
2: Nothing. Go ahead, saying.
1: I think we might get a curveball, and we might have a a match, a potential match at Extreme Rules for complete ownership of Monday Night Raw. I think I think Stephanie's going to get the nod tomorrow. I think she's going to get it back, and there's something. This is going to have something planned down the line. Maybe Shane gets a trial run of SmackDown for a little bit, but I expect the next pay per view to set up. A big, you know, winner takes all confrontation between Shane and Stephanie.
0: Yeah, and that would be interesting. I want to get uh Bill uh we have lost him there for a second on my board. Uh Bill, you're there, right? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, sir. Go ahead. Uh what are you thinking about this uh whole uh raw tomorrow uh Monday night? You think that this is uh this is where Stephanie gets it back or is Shane taking it?
2: Neither one of them is going to have it. He's, there is a curveball. He's correct. The curveball is they're going to have to work together and learn how to get along because Vince is going to let both of them run it together. Ooh, I like that. I like that curveball like
3: there.
0: All right, now uh, and now, uh, JT, what what's your feeling on this one?
3: Well, my first thing is, didn't we have something that was supposed to decide this at WrestleMania, which? was completely ignored the following evening. So who's to say whatever he decides this Sunday isn't going to be turned around and changed Monday anyway. But if you have to nail something down, you know, Shane's been in charge the last three weeks, and viewership has dropped each of the last three weeks. And Vince is a numbers guy. He's got to see that. So I think I'm going to go with Steph on this one.
0: Now, two for Steph. Two for Steph. One, uh push. And, uh, No, actually, I think uh, they're going to keep the theme, and I'm saying Shane O'Mac, simply because they are running all these NXT guys out there. That was the part of what Shane O'Mac was bringing uh, to the deal. Uh, And all of a sudden, they're bringing the NXT guys, and then Shane O's gone? I I don't know. Very worse, I I, I feel the tie that Bill's talking about. I certainly... the last thing I'm feeling is Stephanie going to take back over. She's going to throw a little hissy fit tomorrow night, and that that's going to run on, and they'll, they're going to come up with another thing. Like you said, the the match was supposed to be uh, deciding it, like JT said, and it's just been a mess. Uh, and let's go let's go right to uh, the title match. Uh, and again, I want to, we'll actually try and start with Bill properly this week uh, this time. Bill, Roman Reigns, AJ Styles, probably the most unpopular champ I've seen in a while, and probably rightfully so. Uh, He doesn't have a lot of moves that he does. He's better at taking a beating, I've noticed, than uh, having a diversified uh, repertoire. So what do you think, Reigns or AJ Styles?
2: Uh, It's too soon for AJ to get the WWE title. I'm sticking with Roman Reigns. Uh, playing as a champion really really I just
0: I don't know Styles is such a better wrestler too though I mean he, der- he deserves it over Reigns that's for sure Reigns isn't I, I don't get it all he is is a guy with long dark hair that looks like he plays the role but he's not a good wrestler he doesn't have a lot of moves he takes a beating more than anything else He's horrid on the mic. Why doesn't he have a manager to help speak? Because he's, I mean, he's damn close to illiterate, if you ask me. I mean, seriously, he, he must be on a fifth grade level, that poor man. One two make well, chairs one, to the head. I don't know.
3: Bill, Bill, the do you think you can get him to been, come to your show on, in June? Maybe, you know, maybe you can play this for him. He lives right there in Orlando. Maybe you can get him to come to that show in June as well.
2: Well, Great. unfortunately, doesn't allow anybody on the contract to come to independent shows. But yeah, I would love to JT's there. just looking to get anybody in there. Listen, <laughs> I've got uh, I've got a crew alliance that's built and ready for the eleventh show. So when Jester walks in, there I've got five guys be waiting on him. Oh, that's even better.
0: Five knows, hey, you know, what's funny guys. Uh And uh I, I think this is good because what does it tell you? I mean, the man himself has just told you, he feels he's going to need five guys for me. I thank you. I, 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 I appreciate you that. that. I'm a pretty big guy. And I, I, I understand. And I respect that. Got a little bit of a gut. I'll admit it. I, whatever. I worked hard to get there, but, Five hey,
2: ah, guys,
0: guy. you think I need five? Thank you. That's such a compliment, dude.
2: Listen, son, the Four Horsemen has got nothing on a crude alliance. We're the best fashioners in professional wrestling. When a 7-foot-3 giant choke slams you through a table, you're going to know we were there, baby. Yeah, well, you know,
0: and hopefully, you know, uh, for your sake and your, you know, Four Horsemen of the Dead Apocalypse or whatever the hell you want to call yourselves. Um, you know, remember one thing. I have my own connections. I won't be coming to the ring solo. How's that? I'll leave you it at that. You from the kitchen because you're going to need it. Now, you know what? They have a name for you. What's going to happen? They have a name for you in Spanish. It's called Pinata. I'm going to beat the hell oh, out man. of you, sir. I'm uh, going
3: okay. to beat the hell out of you, Bill, you better,
0: you better be afraid now. He's going to bring his big brother. I don't know what you're thinking. Big brother, dude. Listen, I don't know what you're He'll thinking. He's going let's to bring the horsemen. He's bringing five people. I mean, we'll, why don't to bring we'll Hogan.
2: We'll worry about June later. Let's get back to the card tomorrow night I'm going to tell you that there's going to be two major title changes tomorrow night. And the world title is not one of them. Go ahead. <laughs> what are the two titles? Give it to us, big guy. Your Intercontinental is going to Cesaro, and there's going to be a change in the women's title. You watch. Charlotte's going to get her butt whooped tomorrow night and lose the women's title.
0: I am looking at my card right now, and I've got Reigns. I've got Natalia. I got Sami Zayn. I got Cesaro. Jericho.
3: and Oh, Enzo no, Avari,
2: no, and Cass. no. No, no, no. No, no. Ambrose is going to eat eat, eat, eat Jericho for lunch, baby.
3: You so. Get in here and talk some sense into the gesture. Come on.
1: <laughs> all, right, all right,
2: all right. I think
1: Cesaro is not going to win. I think the Miz is going to hold on a little bit longer. They're doing a phenomenal job with the Miz and with his wife, Maurice. They're going to let that roll. Miz and Cesaro is going to roll in. That's going to be a summer feud. That's not going to be a one-off. That's going to continue. I don't think Natalia's is going to win, even with Brett. At her side, I think Nate is going to help his daughter win. She's going to hold on to the belt, and then we need to get her fighting the other NXT girls. We need to get that feud going. Natalia, she's just a runoff, buying some time for the other girls to get back in the picture. And for the main event, I'm going to give you guys an ultimate curveball. I think Reigns is going to win, but he's going to win because the Bullet Club is going to interfere, and they're going to take out AJ Styles. And that's going to set up the appearance of Finn Balor at some point during the pay-per-view. It's their way Mm -hmm. of turning their back on AJ, you know, thinking that AJ turned their backs on them. And that's what's going to happen right there. We're going to see the formation of the Bullet Club tomorrow night. Book it.
2: Hmm. Well, the Bullet Club, back together. But AJ Styles is going to be one of them. Eventually, but not right now.
1: He's going to be the casualty right now. He's going to be the, you know, you turn your back on your brother's while Finn comes up, and now we have the three of them, and eventually AJ comes around.
2: Seeing you know,
3: all I mean, that actually sounds pretty good. The one thing that no one's talked about yet is, and Bill, I think you touched on this on the 420 show, was that WWE needed to lift that United States championship off of Kalisto, but I don't see how you can give us to Ryback back when he's threatening to walk out because he's not happy with his role. So I find it really interesting to see what they do with the U.S. title. Well, you know, well easy.
1: when John Cena comes back, he's going to challenge him. It's going to happen Memorial Weekend. When Martin, that's when he's an, an announced that he's going to come back to the main card. And we get that U.S. title open challenge, and John Cena takes back the belt. And then we figure out later on what we're going to do with John Cena.
3: John Cena's character is so stale, though. They need to do something with this guy. I mean, John, John Cena's going yeah. to turn heel
2: pretty soon. He needs to. That was only what he did wonders for
3: difficult. Hulk Hogan. Did wonders for Hulk. The only thing oh, that,
2: uh, Jester. The only thing that you're missing with the Roman Reigns gimmick is what they're giving him the push. Is because of the family that's backing him. You know, when you got your cousin The Rock and the Usos, and and, and uh, uh, you know your the white. You know that's why you're getting the push
0: yeah i i i understand why and where it comes from i just i i thought money was the bottom line uh, i i don't see him i mean as as the you know i mean how do you promote this guy past the shows i i mean i don't see him being marketable from t shirts and figurines and all that stuff yeah but not like some of these other guys could be and I don't know. I just yeah. I, I think it's a waste of time more than anything. I, I just, it'll, it'll just tell you where we up. are with all the injuries.
3: Just Listen, let me throw one you. thing out there and this I, I don't know, I don't have the inside info, but just something I see if you look at WWE's history. Reigns holds the belt. Somewhere along the lines, I think no matter what happens with Shane or Stephanie, maybe you see Stephanie and Triple H make their return with two of the three members, of you know, the old two you got, you got Reigns, you got Rollins, you got Ambrose. Bring the Shield back, and then the Shield is under the Authority's command. I, I just see something like that happening down the road. He's got to be a heel. Reigns does. He has to. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, and that, that's where it'll go for as far as him. They've got to build it just a little bit more interesting, and what better way than uh, to turn heel, because otherwise, I mean, he's just, he's as bad as Bill is at wrestling, probably. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, just, I just can't wait to get my hands on that man. It really is, uh, you know, he's talking about how many people he has to bring and all this stuff. I don't know. What does that say? I I want to go back to that. You notice he wanted to get off that subject real quick.
2: What that says here, Jester, is that Bill Crude is the most hated in the state of Florida for seven years. And you're going to feel it, buddy, because I'm tired of your BS. You don't know nothing about wrestling. You don't know nothing. All you know is your fantasy football, Miami Dolphins baby girls that should be playing college football. Let me tell you what, on June 11th, you bring your gesture show to the independent wrestling show at Mid-Florida Wrestling and you'll feel the heat of what wrestling is really about.
0: Yeah, why? What are you going to do, Bill? What are you going to do? You Uh, think you're going to beat me? uh,
2: Personally, I will. You better be glad I'm not there right now because I take you out right now in front of all your viewers.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and you know what? I I, want to run down the beach and into my own arms but that's impossible okay you got to go i'll i'll see you in the i'll see you in the ring buddy all right folks that was bill crude i, I that's it he's gone I, i've had enough bill uh, will talk and bill will bring as many people as he feels he needs and you know what folks here's the thing i've got my own surprise plan so stay tuned for how that goes uh, i want to thank bill though seriously though I want to thank Bill for joining uh, tonight. He adds a lot of great insight to wrestling. And uh, down the road, I've already started talking with him, which isn't always easy to do, as you see. Uh, We talked about a future wrestling show uh, that we're thinking of putting together. Uh, We've got some great ideas. So, you know, you're going to want to stay tuned for that. It was a lot of fun with Bill. It always is. I, I love him. I get a kick out of him more than anything. he really thinks he's gonna kick my ass. But uh, you know, and I've got to take a minute now, I've gotta address our sponsors before we get into the uh next portion of our show and talk about baseball. Uh I want to start talking to you folks about breadfromyourbed.com. Uh great people over there, Joey and the gang. Uh, they're they here's what they do. They're both a business services website and a personal financial blog They discuss ways for people to make extra money from home and they offer a wide variety of Services and businesses. Uh, they're just great people over there He uh, put together some team and if you need a website built And if you want to make a little extra money online, these are the guys to go to to do it They have worked and provided results for clients ranging small and big, and we'll show you some of the results, including the statistics and the numbers. See, anybody can tell you that they're going to help you. Anybody can tell you that they can make your website be seen better. These guys will show you the numbers. That's what you want. I highly encourage you to check them out if you're looking to help your business grow, or you're looking to earn some extra money from home bread from your Do not miss that folks. Also Ryan Walton will be joining the show next month. He's going to start being our Miami correspondent. For those of you who want to uh, dive Rex, See some great stuff around the bridge down there in Florida that he goes to, the Boo Heron Bridge. Sharks. Ryan Walton. You can find him on Facebook, Ryan Walton, W-A-L-T-O-N. He's through Jim Abernathy, V. Jim Abernathy. If you don't know who that is, Google him. See the conservation work he does, the pictures that he takes. Great guy. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and we're going to bring JT and uh, Busy J back in. And we're going to talk about something that just recently went on in uh, baseball. Miami Marlins' second baseman has been suspended for 80 games for PED use. D Gordon is not a home run hitter. D Gordon isn't a big guy. He is a small guy that runs the bases and now he's suspended for 80 games. And, uh, I'm going to go with JT first and then I'm going to go with busy J and then I'm going to give my own opinion on this. Uh, JT, you're heavily into baseball, and uh, besides the impact from a fantasy standpoint, uh, what is it saying about the sport and the PED use?
3: Well, what it's saying to me is that the next uh, collective bargaining agreement, the owners need to sit down with the players and write something in that says that if you test positive for a PED, your contract is null and void. I mean, this suspension is going to cost D. Gordon $1.5 million, but he signed a $50 million extension this past offseason. The other thing that bothers me about this, and this is actually Verlander's take on it, is basically he admitted he did it, but he appealed the suspension just long enough to sweep his former team, the Dodgers, and 15 minutes after that game ended, he dropped his appeal. <laughs>
0: My, you know, and, and what I want to ask Busy Jay about is uh, I got a question for you. Do you think it's a coincidence that Barry Bonds is the hitting coach there? And all of a sudden <laughs> – I'm just wondering. I mean, I'm not saying what I'm saying – you know, uh, and I'm
3: called Barry Bonds
0: shows up. On, yeah, Barry Bonds shows up on the scene, and bam! Wow, look at that. We have PED use. Uh, I don't know, coincidence? Wow, I don't know. Busy? How do you feel about that? It could be a little coincidence
1: because uh, you know D Gordon is very small. He's very fragile, and they actually said that what he tested positive for was testosterone that are really mild. So it wasn't really like the high end. That you could probably get. So, um, 80 games here, yeah, it's a tough situation. But um, what's unfortunate is, I don't know if you guys noticed, they had a, a no hitter bid, I think it was yesterday or the day before. And the first question the media asked the pitcher was because they lost a the no hitter in the ninth inning, they asked him, hey, do you think Dee Gordon would have caught that shallow ball that went past the second fielder? And uh-huh. the, guy, the the pitcher the pitcher pretty much, you know, shung his face and. Clearly, he in his head he was thinking, "Oh hell yeah, he would have caught that ball." But uh, it could be it could be a coincidence. But I, I don't I don't read too much into it. But I do agree with JP that you know the next collective bargaining agreement they're going to really have to hammer down these you know these void these contracts because these guys are going to keep doing it as long as, as long as the checks cleared, they don't really care about the eighty games you're giving them vacation time.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that is uh, that is uh, kind of true though. But my question though is this, and I want to throw something out there to you guys, and I want your opinion on this. There is a gentleman named Gaylord Jackson Perry in the Hall of Fame. Gaylord Perry pitched 22 years, and I'm going to give a little background for those of you who don't know him. He pitched a while ago. Uh, He pitched 22 years in the Major Leagues, 314 wins, 3,500 Strikeouts, a, th- a career 311 ERA. In 1974, he wrote a book called Me and the Spitter. He was famous for throwing a spitball, which, if uh, you don't know, is not legal. About as not legal as PEDs. Now, August 23rd of 1982, It was his 21st year in the bigs. That was the first time he was ever ejected for it. Now, everybody knew Perry was cheating every, just about every damn time out on that mound. 21 years into it, they finally ejected him and they gave him a 10 day suspension, not a 10 game, 10 days suspension, a slap on the wrist. It was a pitch, uh, he, he learned the spitball from Bob Shaw uh, back in 64. And again, I know I'm going back there for people. That's why I'm giving you a little history of it as we discuss this topic. Uh, former, uh, a former manager, uh, Gene Mock, had uh, joked that he should be in the hall with a uh, tube of KY jelly on the plaque. This is, I mean, this is how well known he was for cheating. Gene Tennis, uh, a catcher back then, he caught Perry in San Diego and he stated that at times the ball was so greasy, he couldn't throw it back to the mound. He would walk halfway out there and flip it to him. That's how bad the ball would be. This is how bad he would cheat. He had this thing called the puff ball he would throw. He would load up with rosin. And this way, when he threw the ball, a puff of white smoke would come out and distract you as he was throwing the ball. This guy who cheated for years that the league jokes about is in the Hall of Fame as of 1991, and in 1999, was the sporting, the sporting News ranked him 97th on their top 100 baseball players to ever play the game list. Now, this guy cheated his way to the Hall of Fame. He's in there. How is that any different than PED use? Busy J... How is it different?
1: Hey, I'm a firm believer of the Eddie Guerrero school of thinking. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. I say, hey, if the, if the people get caught, they get caught. If not, let them all in. Let, all the, let everybody in, you know, the, the PEDs, the, the spitball, the pine tar. Hey, if you're not trying your best to get an edge, you're not, trying, you're not, you're not, you're not really a winner. I have no problem. If he's in the Hall of Fame, others should be in the Hall of Fame. Pete Rose, vetted on baseball. So what? We have DraftKings now. I mean, you know, I just think tradition and rules are always meant to change and always meant to be broken. So I say lift them all in. What you guys think?
0: Jason, yeah. And JT, I want to ask you, he touched on Pete Rose there for a minute too. What is your feeling first? Give me uh, first. Give me your feeling about the comparison between PED use and Gaylord Perry, and then give me your opinion on Pete Rose. But first, start with the uh, comparison between Perry and PED use.
3: Uh, you know, baseball's rules seem to be a little more lenient back then. Um, you know, for example, one of my favorite movie cops says in The Naked Gun, "This is your last chance," and I'll mean one of those Steve Howe last chances. How many times was Steve Howe <laughs> banned from baseball back in the eighties? I mean, come on. So baseball's always been lenient. To me, they're still too lenient. And the question I have, I'll take you back farther. 1950s, 1960s, how many baseball players were using amphetamines? So, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. it's it's been going on for quite a while. Cheating is cheating. By the letter of the law, I think baseball just needs to get tougher on it to protect the history of the game. Now, as for Pete Rose... I'm from the school, if he didn't bet on his own team, he goes in the hall. Because his numbers, betting has nothing to do with the numbers out there. I mean, the guy was amazing.
0: Well, here's the if thing,
3: though. If he bet though. on his own team to lose, he doesn't go in the hall. I know that it kind of, you know, goes against the numbers, but to me that's just egregious. So that's my feeling on Pete Rose. But now, one of the best players now, that I ever came Rose...
0: Yeah, here's the thing about Pete Rose, and then I want to ask Jason, uh, Busy Jay, about this. Pete Rose bet on his team. He bet on them to win. He didn't bet on them to lose. He bet on them to win. So it wasn't like he was purposely holding players out, jeopardizing his own team's ability to win the game, putting their games in question, he couldn't hold out players. Actually, he was betting that they were going to win and purposely trying to make as many moves to back that, not just for the team, but now for his own pocket. So for him right. to not be in the hall is, I mean, first of all, I just think it's, again, more of the hypocrisy of baseball. But um, it is just, he, he, yes, did he gamble? Did he uh, lie about it and all that? Yes, okay. But I believe that the, um, for lack of a better term, punishment is done. Don't do this after he's dead, because I think that's what he's going to do to him.
3: That's what's going to happen. And I'll take you one step farther. You mentioned Barry Bonds earlier. Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer before he even went to San Francisco. He could have ended his career at the end of his Pittsburgh career, and five years later, that dude would have been in the Hall of Fame. So I still think Barry Bonds belongs in the Hall. I'm okay with an asterisk by some of his statistics, but either way, that guy was a Hall of Famer before and after San Francisco. Well, let me I ask, you ask you this
1: quick question. Let me ask you this yeah. quick question. Now, that, saying that, don't you guys believe that PEDs and all that stuff really doesn't enhance your ability for hand-eye coordination, that that's a natural, God-given Gift that you need to have? Because I, I remember Barry Bonds... Yeah, it's, hey, it's the recovery, recovery. But it's that, recovery mean, time. Was, but other than that, I mean, was still putting up great numbers, no?
3: Yes, he was. I mean, he was a gold glove outfielder. He hit for average. He hit for power um, in Three Rivers Stadium, of all places, which wasn't known in mm-hmm. Anders Park. Um, you know, so, yeah, I, I agree, but I still think steroids gives you an edge. Uh, okay. You know, maybe maybe it helps you get a little more bat speed. Maybe it does this. Maybe it does that. But if anything, it helps you recover from the day-to-day grind of a 162-game schedule and allows you to uh, play the next day.
0: That is okay. that is the big reason I believe. No, it doesn't do anything. Hand-eye coordination is hand-eye coordination, folks. I, I don't care. The only thing that's helping that or hurting it is your eyesight. They fix that with a pair of glasses. Um, but the uh, PED use is just strictly for recovery, like you said, of the grind, Um, and that is a major help because let's say you're tired, you're worn down, okay, and and you can't recover as quick, so you're not going to hit the ball as far, and you're not going to be able to run as fast, so that does affect performance. That's why they call it performance enhancing. And that's where it comes in, folks. It's not the actual technical part of playing the game that it it enhances. You can't. You either hit the round ball with a round bat squarely or you don't. But what it helps is being able to repeat that process day in, day out, and do it at a high level.
3: And, Jester, one, one, one proof to what you're saying I mean, I'm, I'm a lifelong Oakland A's fan. Jose can strike out. That dude admitted he was on all kinds of roids, but, man, that dude couldn't hit the baseball half the time if you just put on a tee. So, you know, we're talking about hand-eye coordination. It didn't help him any.
0: Yeah, And exactly. obviously we know he
3: can't catch the baseball, so.
0: Well, and that's, that's you know, I mean, again, the, he's gone for 80 games now. Uh, that hurts the team. You know, you, this is this is one of the things that people are, and some of these guys need to look at, is the selfish act that it is. Also, it's very selfish because now that team is without their second baseman for eighty games, and those other players who busted their ass didn't do a thing wrong, and they they are on a team that will suffer for it. So, as soon as they get some peer pressure. I don't think that the league needs to police this. I think peer pressure. I think the old fashioned, I'll beat your ass if you Ooh. cost, uh, co- cost are you, us anything. Are you calling for a code red? I'm calling. I. You know what? Yes. I called the code red. <laughs> Plain and simple. All right. Let's get off this. Let's move on. We've got some great playoff action going on. And uh, we're going to first touch on the NBA playoffs. And uh, what's going on there? You know, uh, Cleveland, uh, Cleveland motoring along. I'm a little surprised. JT, I'm going to start with you and then go to Busy J. A little surprised. Looks like Toronto having a little trouble shaking Indy.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and Indy's always been their bugaboo. If you go back and look, that Indiana's always been a team that Toronto's had trouble with. That was probably, the aside from if they could have drew Cleveland, probably the worst first-round draw they could have got. uh. You know we're, we're tied three-three. I look for a big game out of the Rosen. He's been getting better every single game. Uh, I'm still confident Toronto will take that. All
0: right, all right. Now, uh, Busy Jay, I want to go to you on this uh, question because uh, I I, I want to defer to my insider here on this. Uh, Curry, wh- when do you think okay. he's going to be back? What, what's going to go on with this for the rest of the playoffs?
1: Well, they say it, it was a mild sprain, so he should be back within. They said uh, two weeks, so you had one week to rest. And because now the unfortunate circumstances between the Clippers and Blazers, where the Blazers moved on, now that's yeah. going to put more of a pressure. That's going to put more of a pressure on Golden State because all of a sudden now they're going up against arguably the second or third best backcourt in the NBA in terms of of littered and McCollum. So now the only problem you're going to have now is now Draymond Green is going to pretty much going to have to help with the guarding of one of those two guys because Klay Thompson can't do it by himself. Sean Livingston can't keep up with the speed. He's not as fast as he used to be. So it's going to present a little challenging. If Portland somehow steals one of those first two games in Golden State, it's going to be a lot of pressure on the Warriors to get Curry back as soon as possible. They're saying probably game four, realistically game five if necessary. But um, yeah, things could change real quick with that series if Portland steals one or two in the first it's two games.
3: Dizzy, can I can I throw something at you? I'd like to get your opinion on this. What um, how big of a believer are you in team chemistry? So, for example, you know the Clippers really had no trouble with Portland all season long, and then you add a particular player into the mix at the end there uh, in in Blake Griffin. Uh, thoughts?
1: I agree, chemistry does play a lot. I think Blake should have shut it down for the entire season because he pretty much ruined the chemistry of the team, coming back five games before the playoffs. And then now that, that readjusted, you know, getting him back acclimated with the system, that threw a lot of guys off like Jeff Green, that threw off
2: mm-hmm.
1: Austin Rivers and stuff. You just their playing time. So now you go out and then you add Chris Paul with that. That changed everything for that series. But I really thought Blake should have shut it down for the season. He didn't need to rush it back and see what happened. He got hurt, and that just left the Clippers at a disadvantage. Because now you might not have made that move to get rid of, like, you know, Josh Smith or something like that. There's a lot of that whole fall of the Clippers.
0: Oh, uh, well, and it's still going to be interesting. Uh, first of all, I, I'm believing that maybe the Cavs are going to keep moving forward, finding a way Uh, it's money time. Maybe they're putting some of the uh, BS on the team to the side. And uh, it's just the the playoffs so far have been just some really great, great games. And uh, now also, as we start talking about the other playoffs that are going on in the NHL, there's, there's some great hockey I mean, I know hockey isn't very popular and all that, and it really should be. We can get into that argument over and over. Uh, but there really is some great hockey going on right now, folks. And, and uh, Busy J, uh, what, what are you seeing uh, as a trend? What are you seeing going on in the uh, playoffs other than my Tampa still in there? Well, I'm seeing a lot of
1: passing of the torch or changing the guards. I mean, just think about the the last two great dynasties or semi dynasties in the NHL, the Blackhawks and the Lions and the Kings are both out of here. And all of a sudden Washington's putting stuff together. They're getting their they're clicking on all cylinders. They had a nice win in game one or round two against Pittsburgh, who was the hottest team going in. So now, you know, things are looking good for the Caps. I like the Blues, but then they got they got rattled their first game against like as a Dallas Stars, So things could change But um, I'm looking at a I'm still looking at a Blues, Caps, Stanley Cup Finals And I, oh, don't, yeah. see to change. I don't see anything changing that indication
3: That's funny yeah. I, I remember someone else saying that about a month ago That it was going to be the uh, Blues and Caps and, <laughs> and somebody else told me That it was going to be the Kings and the Lightning So I'm just wondering there What happened to the Kings?
0: Um, I had taken the Kings simply because I thought that um, my guy in net would just go ape shit like he usually does, and he didn't. But if you remember now, I asked, my final four teams are Dallas, Washington, and Tampa. So I got three out of four, and listen, as long as Tampa – wins it all, I really don't care. After that, I don't care but in general. I mean here's the thing, like I mentioned to you before about all this, whether it's the NBA playoffs, NHL, football, whatever it is, as soon as my teams are out, I stop caring until the final round. So with that said, I, I paid very little attention. I'm gonna be honest with you, I paid little attention to some of the basketball. I've watched a little bit here and there. I don't completely ignore it, of course. Um but I've watched a little bit. And the Knicks aren't there, and they won't be for some time. Uh, Orlando isn't there. Don't get me, started. Don't get me yeah. started
1: with the Knicks. I have a big article coming about that because uh, I can't even talk about it right now. But just knowing that right. Walton rather going to the Lakers and not the Knicks is telling me too much that something's going down, still needs to go. But we'll talk about that another
0: time. Yeah, and and you know what, we'll get that article out there on uh on the website and we will discuss it that following week once you do. If you can get that out there this week, we will discuss it next week on the show. Uh and I'll yeah, we'll be looking
3: forward to what you have to to, say about Two that. things to throw in on that. Uh busy you and I talked on Twitter a little bit last night. I'm a Lakers fan, so I'm really liking Luke Walton. But uh the other thing is is if you stop watching when your team's out of it well, you probably stopped watching after week two or three of the season being a Devils fan, right?
0: <laughs> think, uh, uh, you know, my Devils are fine, sir. You don't worry about my Devils. They have started their new regime. They played very well considering the, uh, the evaluation team that they had because they really didn't make any moves about getting any big free agents. They went ahead and evaluated from within. I I like the slow build, the slow evaluation approach that Shiro has taken with that team. Let's see what we have in the minor league. Let's see what we have here. Uh, They grabbed a couple of fringe guys. They grabbed uh, Palmieri, and and that kid uh, produced well. And and that's what he did. He went out and got a couple of young guys who have been uh, stuck on teams that had potential but hadn't reached their potential they evaluated a, a, a lot of the young guys on the devils and uh we will be fine the devils have a great goaltender and schneider and they've got some really good young defensemen it's really now at the point where you know a couple of snipers to go with our with the playmakers that we have uh one one or two more snipers would be nice uh to go with our playmakers and i think we'll be all right I like where Shiro's taking him. Uh, He he, he led Pittsburgh nicely, got them some nice talent through the years, and he'll he'll do the same. He hasn't stopped learning how to be a GM. Um, So right now I'm able to join my Lightning, be the Thunder. Got to love them. And, uh, you know, that's our hockey, folks. I mean, I love my hockey, and I can't give it a whole hell of a lot of time, not as much as a time as I feel that it deserves But uh, And and that's pretty much where we'll go with that. Uh, I want to move on. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting to talk football. And that's going to come right after our commercial. No, I'm only kidding. No commercial. We're going to skip the commercial tonight because that's how much I really just want to spend time on the recent NFL draft. And uh, for those of you who have tuned in late, and have missed some of what's gone on. This is Pat Sertan, and you're listening to the Fantasy Jester Show. Which will be part of the opening next week. And again, if you missed it, I, I'm sorry. I love all this. I'm Arturo
3: Freeman, former NFL player, defensive back, and I listen to the Fantasy Gesture.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just in case, uh, throw one more in just, you know, from the perfect season. I, I, you know, remember those guys, Miami, perfect season. Hi, this is Larry Ball, former Miami Dolphin. I'm listening to the Fantasy Jester Show. It was a great draft party. I had lots of fun. Those guys, I'm telling you, all three of them, uh, I was talking with all three of them. What a great, great time. But like I had mentioned earlier, and again, for those joining in late, uh, I went to the Miami Draft Party this past weekend. When I tell you what a phenomenal job the Miami Dolphin organization has done. They know how to take care of their fans, and uh, they really had a great setup. And from everybody who I was talking to down there, they were telling me that, it's normally at the stadium, but they're they're putting the roof on the stadium and and construction's on the way, so they couldn't have it there. They had it at the practice facility, and, and I'll tell you, Miami organization. Uh, I met a bunch of people there, not just players and uh, current players, former players, everybody in the organization, PR people, uh, the season ticket people, uh, everybody that worked it. What a class job they did people couldn't have been more friendly showing you around this that the other absolutely fantastic but the biggest thing that i was surprised about and if you go to fancyjester sports.com you can read the article see some of the pictures that i have uh, i've posted it on the site i have a video uh when the pick was announced for miami but the players themselves and it didn't matter if they were the former players or current players, and they've got some very funny guys, I'll tell you. Um, They went ahead, and they were so good to the fans that security kept having to tell them, okay, enough. We got to get to the next person. They would sit there, sign whatever you brought, talk to you about whatever you wanted. Uh, None of them seemed put off by it. It was a great, great time. And while I was doing that and and having a good time there, Jason, uh, JT, and Jason Busy J were both uh, holding down the fort, watching the draft. They've had an opportunity. And before we we go ahead and get into this, because we're going to go through both conferences, each division, one by one with these guys tonight. First, JT, What was the number one thing that you came away from the draft that you saw that was a surprise, good or bad?
3: Um, I'm going to go with the bad. I'm going to take you to Dallas. Not that Ezekiel Elliott isn't a talented player, but when you've got McFadden, Morris, and Dunbar, that can fill in nicely and you pass on a once in a generation corner like Jalen Ramsey, it just goes to show me that Jerry Jones is not listening to his football people again because there's a lot of reports out there that said the coach has won in Ramsey, but uh, Jerry put his foot down and took Ezekiel Elliott instead. So to me, that was probably one of the biggest surprises for me.
0: It seems disorganized. It seems – hold on. Before we get to busy, I just want to uh, say something. It seems disorganized over there. Why would you sign Alfred Morris if you know your draft pick is going to be Ezekiel Elliott? It wasn't like right. anybody was going to beat you to him. Right. Why would you pick him? I, I it just doesn't make sense. I'll tell you who's happy about that move. Mrs. Jester, the Jacksonville fan. <laughs> She's just loving that. Okay, Mrs. Jacksonville Jester had an absolutely amazing draft. I
3: can't say yes, my her big on.
0: winner you my being yeah, winner t-
1: Jacksonville. Go ahead.
0: Busy? Is that what, is that what you came away with? What what was the yeah, biggest thing that you came away
1: with? The biggest thing was I have to agree with JT, was Ezekiel Elliott. That could have waited for a second, possibly third round pick. You wasted an opportunity to cause let's be clear. Let's be let's be fair about this. The first two picks, the quarterbacks, they were over drafted. You know, they're not franchise quarterbacks we don't know. So, in essence, Dallas was rewarded with the second best pick in the draft. And they blew it on a running back when you could have got that running back in the second or third round. Nobody moved. Nobody was going to move up to get him. So you really, you really dropped the ball there. Because another a shutdown corner, you, they're, they're premium. You have to grab them when they're available. Jacksonville, all of a sudden, they to me they went from eight wins to ten wins easily in that division. They're maybe the the class of the AFC. South next year. Look out for Jacksonville. They build a great defense. We already know what receivers they have. If they get anything from the quarterback, look out for Jacksonville next year. Well,
3: you know, and, and something else to think about with with the, the kind of piggyback that is with with Dallas sitting there, the coaching staff and Deion Sanders. I know he's played for Atlanta. I know he's played. He's played for everybody in the league. Let's be honest, but he tends to <laughs> tends to lean towards calling himself a cowboy. He made a great point. Right before they took Elliott, as speculation on the air, he said, show me a rookie running back that can give you 16 games. He's going to hit the wall somewhere. This kid Ramsey is just unbelievable. I, I, I Rich Eisen said it best. If they take Elliott, Jacksonville's praying they do because they're going to scoop Ramsey up immediately. And yep, there yep. they go.
0: He's building a uh, one hell of a defense there. And they've got fantastic wide receivers they've got uh better than average tight end in Thomas they mm-hmm. added ivory for the running game so it's very varied
3: Jack. yeah yeah uh, and and yelled and started uh, to come on at the end of the year too yep. started to come on
0: and this is a team that they did all right considering they had five rushing touchdowns all year I think their first rushing touchdown came in like game ten right around there. uh They had five rushing touchdowns all year, two of them were by their quarterback so uh, and if and
3: if, for, and if you want if you want numbers to back up what what jester's saying in twenty fourteen Jacksonville was the thirty second ranked scoring offense in the league in twenty fifteen they were the fourteenth ranked scoring offense in the league, so their offense is already coming. Now you got this defense you just built in this draft, Oof,
0: defense and a, and a running game. Defense now in a running game. They they jumped up to 14th with no running game. Right. They, I hope people are hearing this because you know I already heard. I forget who it was because I really I, I was running through the house as I heard it. I always have some sports on somewhere. And somebody had mentioned, damn it, I want to remember who it was, had said, I don't know, everybody's saying Jacksonville is the sexy pick. I I just don't see it. How do you not? Like JT just said, folks, okay, and please pay attention to that. They went from 32nd to 14th with no running game. What's that offense going to do as it continues to get – Gel, get older, get some experience together with Bortles. Now you throw in a running game. Now you throw in a defense that doesn't have to make you force yourself and force you and dictate how you have to play offense. It's going to be an interesting year. It's going to be, that's going to just be an interesting division for the next 10 years. I mean, oh, let's and, and, say. Let's just call it probably the toughest division for the next ten years.
3: Well, I mean, and, and let's be honest. It, it, I mean, I don't know if this is going to be one of the things we talk about tonight, but I just want to throw this out there. If you ask me, which division had the best draft? Tennessee, Jacksonville, Indy, Houston, all had a great draft.
0: Indy's boring. Indy was boring. Indy's boring, free but they Indy's went out and boring got. In the
3: draft. Kelly, which is going to be huge for Andrew Luck, a center like him, that's basically being compared to Matt Khalil, or excuse me, Ryan Khalil, uh, Carolina Khalil. So you're talking about a guy now that can call the blocking scheme, can actually block. They went out and got what three linemen to protect Luck. So
0: we'll see. Let's go with – let's start doing our divisional breakdown on this, guys, uh, as we're getting into the football now. And, and Busy J, I'm going to start with you. Busy, I'm going to have you take NFC. And, JT, we're going to alternate back and forth. You're going to do AFC. First off, Busy J, NFC West, winner, loser, What, what, what are you feeling there? Obviously, I think the big winner in the, in the NFC West was probably the
1: Seahawks. It's tied between the Seahawks and Arizona. I thought they had they both had a good draft. I thought San Fran, you know, Chip Kelly was being—he was reaching a lot. He went with his old guys, and he was trying to get the best of what's available. But I don't think he's there yet. San Fran so still a long ways to go. And then the Rams, you know, they got their quarterback. But uh, just about it. That's about it. They played it safe the rest of the draft. So I really liked what Seattle did. You know, they minimized on the little draft picks that they had, and they're gonna be They're gonna be a force to be reckoned with again. And the 49ers is probably gonna be at the basement, and then we have the Rams just probably gonna be hovering around seven and nine, eight and eight. But in all in all, I'll say the big winner was
0: Seattle. Now, did they win enough? To, uh, to win the division next year, or, or, or do you think that's still Arizona? It's close. So it's going to be neck and neck. I, see, I think it's going to be
1: neck and neck. Arizona, I'm giving them a little a heads up because they have an easier schedule. Hey, they're going to get the pass in the first game without Brady, so they can capitalize on that and start the trend going. They'll be all right. I expect them to be a 10-6 and 6 team. I expect um, Seattle to be
0: a 9-7 and 7 kind of team. JT, uh, post-draft, your pick, NFC West. Who who are you looking at real quick? I mean.
3: Uh, Arizona, uh, hands down, Arizona. I don't even see, honestly, I don't even see it being close. I mean, now I I heard a real fun fact, if you will. As of today, Seattle's complete starting five offensive linemen from the Super Bowl against the Patriots are no longer on the team. Gone. They're gone. So you're now looking at Russell Wilson, who got hit a lot last year. I didn't see them really do enough to protect him this season coming. So I think Arizona is definitely a hands-down team to beat in that division.
0: Scariest front uh, front defensive line in, in that division, too, with
3: Arizona? Well, then you bring back a healthy Tyran Matthew, Pat Peterson. I mean, their secondary is not going to sneeze at either.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, uh, all right, so let's go over to JT now and uh, AFC. What's stay out west? AFC West, what do you got? Winners, losers, well, how are you feeling about their draft?
3: All those Denver fans that hit the panic button, you've got to be happy today. You trade back into the first round to go get Paxton Lynch, who ran a very, very similar offense in Memphis to what Kubiak runs in Denver. He can sit behind Mark Sanchez for a year. Jester, you've discussed it, Sanchez is not that bad a quarterback. It gives Lynch a chance to be sit back and learn the NFL a little bit. So really like him. The kid they took in the third round, Simmons, a safety, I think he's gonna be a difference maker for a lot of people compare him to former Denver Bronco great Steve Atwater. Not as big, but he'll bring lumber. So I really like what they did. As far as picking a loser for that division, this may not be popular. San Diego. I'm sorry. Ooh. Joey Bosa at three. Even Joey Bosa was surprised he got drafted at three. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't get Deion, that one. You know, he sat there and told Dion, well, I didn't think I was going this early. Uh, I don't know. I just don't see them doing enough. Philip Rivers still has no blocking whatsoever. Um, you know, their running game, Melvin Gordon showed me nothing last year. They did nothing in this draft to change that. So San Diego would be my loser. Yeah.
0: Um, and to touch on something, I, I, I'm i agreeing with you on the loser. Uh, and here's the thing. I want to touch on what you said about Denver and Sanchez uh, and Paxton Lynch. Uh, Paxton Lynch, to me, was the second-best quarterback in the draft, Um, and I've had a lot of people argue me on that one, and that's fine. Uh, Yes, you can give him a year, and you might give him more. You know, you touched on the idea about me and my feelings about Mark Sanchez, and for those of you who haven't heard me speak on Mark Sanchez, just real quick, and we'll get back to the draft in a second. Mark Sanchez, the first three years of his career and Eli Manning, the first three years of his career had identical numbers, not close, not uh, identical numbers. And here was the difference. The Giants went out and start, started getting him weapons, started getting Eli weapons, while Sanchez, the Jets were busy getting him backup quarterbacks. They're busy getting guys like Tim Tebow to back him up instead of getting him somebody to throw to, you know? So I want to see what a young man who he did pretty well in in a crappy situation in, uh, in Philly, he had some good moments there in Philly. He had a good start with the jets. The jets let him down. What's he going to do on a team that actually has some offensive talent at the skill position, Folks, don't be so quick to hand the reins of the Denver Broncos to Paxton Lynch. I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, Busy, we're going to get back to you, and let's go with the AFC, uh, the NFC North. The NFC North had an interesting draft. What do you What do you feel about it? Who's your winner? Who's your loser? I thought it was an interesting draft with the North.
1: I thought Green Bay did a, did a lot to help themselves improve themselves in their stance of so being the dominant team in that conference. I thought the Bears had a decent draft. And they would probably be my second winners in this. But I would have to say the big the biggest winners to me was the Lions. They really improved the situation. They got Stanford some help. God I mean, you talked we talked about we talked about um Wilson taking a beating or upcoming beating this season. Stanford, Stanford was taking beatings for a few years, and they never addressed that issue. But they finally did this draft. So I like I like Detroit where they stand. They should be back in thick of things, nine and seven next year. And uh, yeah, I'll definitely say Detroit and Detroit and Chicago, were my big winners. Green Bay just did. You know, Green Bay is being Green Bay.
0: Oh, and the thing I was uh, looking at is what. Minnesota did. Minnesota they ended up with Treadwell, which I, I obviously uh, I liked him for the Giants. I was kind of hoping that they uh, would get him. Although they did rather well, I and mean, we'll get to the NFC East uh, with uh, Sterling I'm just, I'm just
1: not sold. I'm not sold on the quarterback situation. I'm not sure Teddy is going to. You know, I, I think he's going to hit that wall next season. I don't know why. I think (laughs) think
0: he is so underrated, and they're finally going to get him some real weapons. Cordero Patterson was a bust over there. He's got work ethic issues uh, over there. Now, but Minnesota did something today, and it's not going to get a lot of press other than because of where he's from. Their sixth round pick out of Germany. Moritz Bowringers, is a guy that I had mentioned here on the show a uh, couple of times now. Sixth round, wide receiver from Germany. This is a kid that they picked up in the sixth round, and he's got first-round talent. His problem was, is he played in Germany. Now, you can either catch the ball or you can't. He has no problem catching the ball. You are either fast or you aren't. He ran a 4 4 Big kid, speed, hands, and because he came from Germany, sixth round. Now, I don't know if he's going to get the opportunity with Diggs, with, uh, with Treadwell, Charles Johnson. These are the guys that are ahead of him. He's going to blow past Cordero, I'm sure, because the kid's going to be so happy to be there. I'm sure he'll outwork a bunch of people. I hope he doesn't get lost in the mix because that guy, the film that I saw, that's first-round talent. That's first-round speed. That's first-round hands. So it's going to be interesting. Um, And let's go ahead now, go over to JT. The AFC North, the good old AFC North, JT. What do you got over there?
3: What do you What do you have uh, for
0: everybody on them?
3: I'll, I'll tell you. Um, I really don't have a loser for this. I can give you who I think was the best, which and I can't believe I'm saying this, but I like Cleveland's draft best uh, <laughs> in that division. You're looking at, and they say, you know, the whole money ball thing with numbers. They went out and got Coleman, who had the most touchdown catches as a wide receiver. They went out and got um, Ryan Nassib's little brother from Penn State, the defensive end that led FBS in sacks, and their second-round pick, Ogba, was second in sacks. So they got two really good edge rushers to get after the quarterback. And then they went and took the quarterback that no one saw Everybody Everyone thought, oh, it was Connor Cook. Connor Cook, well, that's not who they went and got. You know, they went and got Cody Kessler from USC, who has put up some good numbers. Uh, and I actually like what I've seen from him. So I'm actually really impressed with what Cleveland did. They kept trading back. The only thing that they did ruin today was they traded for Jamar Taylor. And if you're a Dolphin fan, you're happy as I am that we're rid of that guy. But anyway, <laughs> if I have to pick a loser or the least impressive draft, Cincinnati didn't overwhelm me. Uh, William Jackson the third in the first round, when you have an obvious need for a second wide receiver, I would have thought like Juan Treadwell would have made a lot more sense at that position. Um, you know, Treadwell was Cincinnati, gone. Treadwell well, was already gone. They had opportunity to trade up for him, though. I'm sorry. I should elaborate on some of the talks that were going on. Um, overall, Cincinnati, solid draft, just nothing that really surprised me or if I was a Bengal fan that would make me jump up and say, hey, you know, we, Nick Vigil, third round, that was probably their best pick, in my opinion, at linebacker
0: i uh i think uh yeah Cleveland had so many picks and so many holes they they definitely uh they did well with they actually looked like they had a plan, and when that plan started with defense, I was happy to see that for them um now, as far as Cincinnati goes uh Cincinnati got screwed where they were sitting they were planning on taking a wide receiver in that uh first round, but fuller Doxon, and Treadwell. Wait, one, two, oh, three, right, right, right ahead of him. Okay. And depending on who you uh, follow and who you pay attention to, uh, you know, William Jackson, the third, either grades out as an A or a C, you know, I've heard everywhere raging. Yeah. And I, you know what? Here's the thing. Uh, I, I don't know. He He went this high for a reason. And when you go this high for a reason and you are have 437 speed I could work with 437 speed I wish I had 437 speed I know that Um I I run a 437 4 days uh 37 minutes <laughs> But, uh, no, seriously, I mean, when you run a four three seven, that's a good start. And you need that. This is the NFL. This is the new NFL. You need guys on those corners. You need good corners these days because it is becoming a passing league, passing, passing, passing. Chicks dig the long ball. No, I mean, uh, chicks dig passing, I guess, is going to be their thing. We'll see. Um,
3: I just – if I'm Cincinnati, though, for me – slip in the third round pick to move up a couple spots to get the receiver that we want shouldn't have been that hard to do um, that that was the part that got me it would have cost them apparently if their third round pick to move up to 22 they would have had their choice then of Doxson or Treadwell which either one of them opposite A.J. Green does wonders for that offense
0: going to be interesting uh, you know We had some people on the show take Cincinnati to be in the Super Bowl.
3: Well, yeah, and Eli's breakout season's coming, too. Don't forget that.
0: Well, yeah, but the thing was is we had more than one person say
3: Cincinnati. I mean, how? All
0: right. Anyway, let's keep going. We're doing good, guys. We're doing good. Let's, uh, Let's move on. Busy Jay. Let's start talking NFC South. Now I have some distinct feelings on this, and I want to hear what you have to say first.
1: Well, one quick thing—I know we were just talking about the AFC North. Yeah. We have to dress the elephant. We have to dress elephant in the room. Was Baltimore right in passing on
0: Tunsil? <laughs> JT, I'll let you answer that one first, and then I'll give you well, my. Well, you opinion.
3: know, and I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought him up because I'm actually going to uh, go a little political on you here. So, Tunsil, if if you take every player out of the NFL draft that's ever touched marijuana, you'd have five people to draft and four of them would be kickers. So for Ozzie for for huh? Newsom to sit here and say that Stanley was first on their board the whole time, yeah, I'm going to cry shenanigans on that. I would have thought an organization like Baltimore would have been perfect for a place like Tunsil with the support group around them. Well, I, I
1: definitely I – I co-signed that, but I felt like the PR nightmare would have, you know, that stigma would have followed the Ravens, and I think that's why they took him off the board. We just had well, Ray Rice.
3: Just, let's just say this about Tunsil. Uh New Jersey Governor Chris Christie should worry more about his all-time low approval rating of 26% than what the Dolphins do in the draft. Let's just throw that out there while I can. <laughs> that guy just needs to shut it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think he
0: weighed in on this. The governor did, weighed in on this? He came out
3: it? and, oh, yeah. I mean, he he had a nice little blurb about it earlier today of if, he was, if he, it was up to him, he'd slap cups on the guy. He'd have gone up to him and yeah. slapped the cups on him. So he needs to warn a bit more about that 64% of people of the state he's the governor of that don't like him and less about what the Miami Dolphins do in the draft.
0: But you have to understand. Now you see, JT. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna school you here on something. What you both, what everybody's missing about why Christy had something to say about a guy smoking pot. Okay, he understands that you're gonna get munchies, and he's afraid that that's gonna happen, and that kid's gonna be at the donut shop line ahead of him you got to understand, he's concerned (laughs) about getting fresh donuts, okay? And that is his concern. He doesn't need people beating him to the local donut store because they have the munchies. That's his problem with people smoking weed, all right? Um, But no, seriously, we can learn a lot from this guy. You know, I try and help. That's a public service announcement for you folks. This has been (laughs) Jester with your public service announcement and your political statement for the day. Thank you. No, seriously, though. Um, First of all, it wasn't confirmed that it was him. Second of all, it wasn't confirmed when, if it was him. Third, the kid never failed a drug test in college. That picture could have been anybody, first of all. I don't know. Was there a video that went with it, or it was just a, yeah, pad, it was a right? video, It's him.
3: It's a video. And, and,
0: and it is his, him. And is his it him recently,
3: with or, Dion. or is it him
0: in high school?
3: Uh, it's him two years ago, according to his agent and the Dolphins and anyone else that you talked to. But to his credit, when Dion interviewed him about it, he thought said, yeah, that was me. You know, he owned it.
0: Okay. Now... In that in that light then it makes me worry. <laughs> if I'm a dolphin fan, I'm sitting on eggshells just for that fact that he's Yeah, it was me
2: and right. I
3: like that man. He owned it. We what do we say about all these guys in baseball like Andy Pettit, Alex Rodriguez, all these uh-huh. Roger Clemens, if they would just come out and say, Hey, I did it, I was wrong, it won't happen again, we give him a pass. We just want people to own it. Well, this guy came right out. He didn't argue it. He said, yeah, that was me. But the thing that Dion brought up, he hasn't flunked a drug test in college whatsoever.
0: Yep. Interesting. I mean, but how did that happen then if he's saying that he was smoking two years ago? Makes you wonder how he's beating the test then.
3: Well, he only played 28 games in college. So, I mean, how long was he really there?
0: That's true too Well it's going to be interesting And uh, we got to get back on this uh, We got to get back on the south We we can touch back on it When we get to the AFC East if you want But uh, oh, NFC South and, and their draft I know I, I have my own Personal opinion uh, on the NFC South and one of the Teams in particular but uh, first uh, I'll let Busy Jay get in there And say what he has to on it What do you, you see out of them
1: Big winners, Atlanta Falcons. They had a nice, clean draft. Neil's got safety for them. They're rebuilding the defense nicely. God, that defense was awful last year. You still got Matty Ice. They could be still. They, they could probably hover around the nine and seven record. But it's just good to see Atlanta trending upwards for a change. I thought the Saints had a decent draft. I say my big losers will have to be the NFC champions. Carolina Panthers, they did not address the the void they did just felt losing Norman Newman, and they pretty much had a lackluster draft to begin with. A lot of draft boards are giving them a C. I give them a D, but hey, I would say my big win is Atlanta. Big loses, Carolina Panthers.
0: My, uh, yeah, I, I thought they addressed the uh, corner situation a little late in Carolina. Uh, Atlanta had a decent draft, uh, New Orleans are trying to help that defense. They had decent. But my laugh of the draft was a team that moved up to the second round. They moved up in the second round to take a place kicker. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers (laughs) moved (laughs) into prime territory. The second round. Now listen, they nailed the first round. Love, love, love that they got Hargreaves. But you move up in the second round to take a kicker? They moved no, up tonight. No. Peppy weppy, I kicked the ball.
3: Now, I mean, now you gotta understand though. You gotta understand this. Now this guy, you know, anyone you listen to, and I'm gonna bring up a gentleman that you and I both know, Chester, named Keith Mackert that was loving life, you know, communicating with me back and forth about the draft until that spot. And then it, he got quiet all of a sudden uh, once they took that guy. But when I said something, the response was, well, oh, the guy's got the highest field goal percentage in college history. He's perfect from inside the 40. Jay Feely put out a tweet that I thought was very apropos. He's made 20 of 29 career attempts from over 40 yards, and that's where NFL kickers make their money. So, yeah, big slub on the Buccaneers park there. That was a Michael Jordan move.
0: I had a Tampa Bay. I started harassing one of my own Tampa Bay fans uh, immediately after the pick. I I really I almost sprained a thumb texting uh, so fast. Yeah, I was almost out for uh, 10 days, uh, sprained thumb, can't text. And, uh, no, I went to the phone so fast and was on that person, and uh, I don't want to embarrass them by calling them out on air. I'd rather have them call him than embarrass him. But uh, the idea is this. They started quoting to me how kickers score the most points in the NFL, that kickers are the highest scoring players on most teams, that even Jerry Rice – in his best year, scored 1,600 points. And, you know, there have been kickers that score 17, 18, 1,900 points. And ah, you took a kicker in the second round. I just want to slap you and your GM.
3: (laughs) Well, maybe he'll turn out like old vodkato from uh, Oakland, old Sebastian Janikowski, who went in the first round. So, you know, maybe he'll turn out like him.
0: He doesn't have near the leg Janikowski. Now, uh Janikowski's from down here. He's from uh Daytona Beach, the next next town over, and uh I'll tell you, that kid would boom the ball.
3: Do you find it interesting that Wide Wright University is put out the uh, two highest drafted kickers in NFL history?
2: It
0: is uh it's a sad state and of Yeah, I know. It's a sad state of affairs. It's a sad state of affairs when you feel your greatest need on a young team that has an aging wide receiver, that has a tight end that can't stay healthy, that has a defensive uh, backfield that needs attention besides Hargraves. And you go out and you get a kicker. I can't make fun of that enough. I can't come up with jokes that are funnier than you took a kicker when you have bigger holes on your team. I can't. I, I just can't make anything up funnier than that. All right. I beat them up enough. I think I'm done. <laughs> Hey, listen, I, they're, they're a Florida team. I'm going to be all over them. I follow the Giants. Is that everybody may or may not know? My hometown team is the Giants, and I follow all three Florida teams. I love my Florida teams, but Tampa, baby, you let me down on that one. All right. Anyway, ASC South, let's keep moving, JT. We're doing great. ASC South.
3: Best yeah. best Go draft, ahead. top to bottom. Um I will say this, as great as I thought Tennessee's draft was, up in there to get Conklin, their tackle. Uh, You know, they go and get Derrick Henry, which I think he'll be starting over DeMarco Murray. Jacksonville, I mean, just their first two picks alone. They got the guys that everybody projected them to get in the first round and Miles Jack in the second round. And then Dallas Cowboys gift-wrapped Jalen Ramsey. To me, and I texted this out to some friends last night, At that point, I don't care what they do the rest of the draft, best draft in the NFL. But Houston, let's talk about Houston. Bill (laughs) O'Brien's goal going into that draft was to get some weapons around DeAndre Hopkins. And you go get a guy like Fuller that can take the cover off the defense, and then you come back, take Nick Martin, who's one hell of a road-grading center, and you top it off with Braxton Miller. Yeah, that offense is going to be fun to watch.
0: So it's going to be, I do be interesting, ever. and you
3: forget the guy. Guy
0: I had mentioned, Irving. Irving from uh, San Diego State. Great, right. Right. he is going to be a great compliment to Miller. He is a great speedster. He was, I think, he was top three fastest guy at the uh, NFL Combine. Very fast, good hands. There's your great third down uh, back, your Sproles-like back.
3: Right. And it all goes back to that question on 420 now. Are you buying or selling on Brock Osweiler? And at this point, I would love to have that panel back on to maybe ask that question a second time because now you've put some serious weapons. Before, all you had was Hopkins yeah, had Jalen Strong, who's probably going to get suspended and really didn't do much when he played anyway. But now you're sticking at Fuller, Miller, Irving, Hopkins. Osweiler, they set him up for success. They did a great, great job in the draft.
0: They set him up for success. And, you know, I'm not 100% sold on the kid, but it does say a lot about how they feel when they didn't go and get a safety net in those first three rounds. They had an opportunity to get a a safety net, and they didn't. That would have possibly also put a little dent in his ego and made him look over the shoulder. No, Texas, the Texans went out, and they made him feel like, yes, we're going to support you. We're going to give you every opportunity to succeed between that and the $17 million that they plunked down on the table a year, uh, maybe we should start paying attention to what Osweiler does. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, but getting back to Jacksonville and, and Mrs. Jester's team, they went out and got the, uh, the best corner on the board. They went out and got arguably the best linebacker on the board. And in that, they got a guy that everybody seems to be worried about with his knee, how bad it is. After the after the fact, uh, James Andrews came out and said that he's not going to require surgery yet. But he, here's, here's the thing. I've spoken to uh, a, a medical expert, and we're going to, starting next week, we're going to start having every once in a while, much like uh, good old Stefania Bell of ESPN, We're going to have our own resident medical expert come in and we're going to talk some of these injuries with her. It's going to be an interesting segment on the show from now on. And like I said, it's going to be intermittent. It's going to be on the Gridiron Guys. Folks, that's coming next Thursday. Not going to want to miss that. The Gridiron Guys, great show, strictly football. So between the Gridiron guys and the Fantasy Justice show, there's going to be times that our expert comes on and talks about these injuries and tells us what we should look for, how long, how bad. And in speaking to her this week, and I wanted to try and get her on the show, scheduling didn't work out uh, for this week. Uh, but we will talk about the the exact injury with her and Miles Jack. She says it's not that big a deal, and the surgery for it isn't that much of a big deal either. It's a it's a simple surgery that they do for it, uh, and, it and it's pretty commonplace actually. So uh, the concerns over Miles Miles Jack's knee uh, really uh, is unfounded. It really is a non issue. But you get that whole big scare just before uh, the draft and everything, and like I said, a little late on uh, James Andrews' word saying that he's not going to need surgery after the first round already happened. Um, seemed a little late on that report, but yeah, that's what we got. Maybe the, James uh,
3: Andrews, uh, Jackson.
0: Maybe maybe uh, James Andrews was brought in just to try uh, by the. Uh, by the agent for Miles Jack to do some damage control because his uh, guy had dropped dropped out of the first round and, and uh, he really shouldn't have. Uh, that kid is phenomenal. I, I have seen uh, a bunch of Miles Jack and ridiculous comes to mind. Ridiculous, ridiculous talent. Uh, and Jacksonville's defense just looking stupid this coming year. All right, um, and, you know, I want to stay here because I'm saving, to me, the best division for last. Uh, and I'm sorry, Busy, we're, we're skipping your turn to save our great division that we love so much for last. Um, and we're going to go with JT. AFC East, what do you think? How, how did the Bills do? What did yeah. New England, the Jets,
3: I'll tell you, the Bills... Shaq Lawson, Reggie Raglan, I mean, those are those are classic Rex Ryan picks. Um, great both, pick. I think, Well, yeah, great picks. I think, and you know, Rex Ryan has uh, intimate knowledge of of Shaq. And his son plays at Clemson, and he's seen him in practice. He's seen many of his games. wasn't a surprise to see that pick. Um, I think the the excuse me, what did you just say? Pick of the night was Christian Hackenberg by the Jets. When some of the other, like Connor Cook and some of the other quarterbacks were still on the board, I don't no, quite understand that. Well, a 58% completion percentage in college does nothing for me. Uh, okay. He has no, he does not throw receivers open either. The one thing that I think speaks volumes to him is you were talking about Houston not taking another guy behind Osweiler. Well, Hackenberg's freshman year, Bill O'Brien was the coach at Penn State when he had by far his greatest season. So, to me, that speaks volumes right there. Something I thought I'd never say in my entire life was the Dolphins, I thought, were the class of the division with their draft. I mean, how can you not like getting Tunsil at 13? Uh, Sabian Howard from Baylor in the second round. But there's a name all you fantasy folks want to keep your ears on is Le'onte Carew. Wide receiver that the Dolphins took in the third round, 5'11", 217, 122 career catches, only three drops. And in those 122 catches, he had 29 touchdowns, and his career average was over 20 yards per catch. And apparently Miami got wind that New England really liked him and traded a third-round pick next year and a fourth-round pick this year to get back into the third round to take him. I think he's Kenny Stills' replacement here shortly.
0: Yeah, so, I, I'm surprised about Stills. I really am, pretty shocked. But
3: some guys just don't get it. He, you know, he's not a. I don't get it. He looked good in New Orleans, but in Miami, obviously doesn't have Drew Brees to throw in the football either. So there might be something to be said there.
0: Well, Miami also here. Miami also. Uh, they don't give Tannehill time, uh, and that's what I was happy to see is that Miami really, truly did a great job drafting this year. Filled the holes that they had on their team. If I look at the AFC East right now, okay, and I see, the first of all, the two draft winners are are Buffalo and Miami. I'm going to create some waves, and you know what? I really don't care. Obviously, I've done it before. I'm going to do it right here on the show right now. Miami is my early season pick to take the division.
3: Wow! I hope you're right. Miami. You're right. He, didn't, he, didn't
1: say, he didn't say make the playoffs. Pick. He said take the division.
0: Well, that would that would that would put them in the playoffs, though. That would give them the division for the play. They'd be in the playoffs. I am telling you. And, and, and I just, I just got done talking to people about this it, is the idea. And it was in my uh, breakdown. If you go to fantasy, folks, you can take a look at our pre draft breakdown of what teams needed. And you can see now who, who filled in those positions or not. The dolphins didn't have that big of a hole. They didn't have that
3: many holes to have to fill. Go ahead. Well, we need we needed to get rid of uh, Mr. Magoo, Joe Philbin, a long time ago. Uh, I think that was our biggest problem because the big thing that I've heard coming from my Dolphin sources is that this is the first time they've in a long time that they've seen the front office and the coaching staff hand in hand on the same page on every single pick.
0: So oh, when you've got, that
3: was the talk. Yeah. You know, when you've got that kind of harmony going it's easy to draft well. One guy that I didn't mention that Buffalo got in the fourth round uh, from two years ago, the national title game hero in Cardale Jones, I thought that was a steal at that pick.
0: Big guy, strong arm. Uh, it's, uh, I was surprised that they uh, would take a quarterback at any point after how much they talked up the kid last year. Now all of a sudden they're trying to draft his replacement. I don't get it. I just I don't, don't think it's his I
3: replacement. Mean, I think EJ Manuel's getting his walking papers.
0: Well, yeah, EJ e. Manuel. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he's
3: long overdue.
0: What, do you, knows, what so, do you guys? What do you guys feel is uh, Manuel's problem? JT, you know what, Busy J., What do you think is his problem? And then I'll go back to JT on that.
1: I, I just don't think he lacks. He, he lacks just um the. Def- Testical fortitude to show that he could win or he could play on the big stage level. He's just been very inconsistent. I mean, he lost his job two years ago in no position to even think about getting it back. I'm surprised the Bills haven't moved off of it already.
0: Uh, JT?
3: To me, it, it, it boils down to one thing, the guy is not a leader of men. If your quarterback can't lead your guys into battle, he doesn't put in yep. extra time in film study. He doesn't put in time with the guys in the off season. He he has a little too much Johnny Manziel in him, in my opinion. So, and if everyone saw that wonderful picture of Johnny Manziel here in Columbus for the Justin Bieber show watching the draft, it was on Twitter. It was great. <laughs> but, anyway, um, that's DJ's that's problem. He's not a leader. He's not a leader. He gotcha.
1: wasn't that good with Florida State either. I no, he, he was
3: he was very overrated,
1: even back then.
3: You know, all the all the uh, draft nicks that wanted to compare him to Charlie Ward uh, when he came out, uh, I don't think Charlie Ward played a whole lot in the NFL, and I still take Charlie Ward over E.J. Manuel. Yep.
0: Well, and that's why, like I said, as far as that division is concerned, I'm not really worried about Buffalo this year. I'm not not really worried about the Jets. Uh, I mean, I, I just don't They they make their own mess. The Jets don't they? I mean, I uh, hear is their perfect. I, I, first of all, I have no idea what this all means now for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, anybody, I mean, is mean? he done there? Is he
3: coming back? Do you back? notice the trend, after You take, Geno Smith to be the guy after Sanchez, you know, then then a couple years ago, you take Petty to be the guy after Geno Smith. And this year, you take to Hackenberg to be the, you know, where does that leave Petty? Where does that leave Geno? I mean, yeah. they're quarterback purgatory.
0: Unbelievable. Yep. Unbelievable. Low ball, I the, just.
1: Low balling Fitzpatrick did not help the situation. We might no, and, and if you remember,
3: if you remember this time last year, the night of the end of the draft, uh, Todd Bowles and Jets management were lauded Bryce Petty as quarterback of the future. Well, then, well, why do you take Hackenberg then? You know, it's, I just don't think they know where they're going. They missed hey, no that.
0: From what I'm hearing, they balked at the idea that Fitzpatrick wanted $17 million. He wanted the same money that Osweiler is getting. I mean, I would
3: say he's on the same level.
0: If if Osweiler is getting seventeen, yeah, I can see Fitzpatrick getting seventeen. Then, do are they both worth seventeen? No, not in my eyes. But okay, if you're gonna give if you're gonna give Osweiler seventeen, you gotta give. Fitzpatrick. You gotta well, give it to him.
3: Yeah. To me, to me, you ask two people if he's worth 17, seventeen million: Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. Yeah. Because they both so, had a resurgence under that guy.
0: They both did well. They both thrived, okay? The offense moved the ball, uh, and, uh, you know, he's he's a solid veteran uh, presence in, in the locker room.
3: And do uh, you I think just, Matt Forte wants Fitzpatrick? Because I'll bet he does.
0: It's just, yeah, there's a guy that's just praying, please sign him, okay? Because <laughs> otherwise I'm just going to see eight in the box all day.
2: Yeah, he's going to get crushed.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, and that's just some of the moves, uh, and that's one of the things that we're going to discuss in the uh, coming uh, Fantasy Justice shows, folks, uh, for you to pay attention, is the draft and how it affects fantasy-wise uh, and what's going to happen. You know, I mean, I'm sure we can all agree, uh, those owning DeMarco Murray and Dynasty Leagues, uh, I hope you enjoyed them. It's <laughs> I mean, he's useless now, and you can't even trade that poor bastard. I mean, that's how useless no, you he is now. All right, and as we're getting ready, we got a couple minutes left here. we got a dozen minutes left. My favorite division, Busy J's favorite division, because one of the best teams I have seen uh, reside in that division, the New York Giants and uh, oh. the rest of the division there. Busy J, hey, uh, now listen. I've been nice. I played nice. I gave your Miami Dolphins kudos. At the very least, don't give me a...
3: I'm sorry. Did that come out audible? I, I don't know what happened there. Loud and clear. Anyway, I heard it
0: coming before it actually left your mouth. Um, <laughs> Busy J. Busy Jay, go ahead. Give me the NFC East, and then I'm going to weigh in on it too. I thought
1: everybody had a decent draft except for the Cowboys. I thought they... It was a complete clusterfuck for the Cowboys. You grab the running back in the first round, and then you grab the linebacker who won't be available till next season. So that's just a, stop, that's a pick that you could have gotten in the third round if you were that confident in him to play in the next season. I like what the defending champs of the division did. I like what the Redskins did. They added another weapon for Cousins, and they pretty much filled up a couple of holes they needed in the secondary. I like what the Giants did. And the, a later round, I have questions about picking Eli Apple. Ironically, now you have two Elis on one team that both specialize in interceptions. But that, we'll leave that joke for another time. they both live in the Big Andy Apple. Apple. Andy, both live in the Big Apple. Overall, I thought the Giants had a good draft, but I would say the big winner is Washington, and the big loser has to be Dallas.
0: You know, <sighs> it really, I wish I could say it hurts to say it. Dallas didn't have a great draft. Uh, I wish I could say that it didn't make me happy, but I can't. They, for the lack of a better term, bungled the draft, folks. Uh, I am sorry. Again, uh, how you uh, just go through constant mistake after mistake. I'm sorry. Now, I'm going to say it, I mean, it, it, it's just terrible. That the planning on that team, you go and pick up uh, Alfred Morris while you already have McFadden. Uh, and even at that, I was scratching my head going, was that really a great need? Uh, or, all right, fine. I can see where they're going with Alfred Morris. All right, fine. And you get yourself, you know, I, I, I've got to, I, I'm trying to put myself ugh, in a Dallas Cowboys shoes. Uh, and just go put them on temporarily. Ew, they feel terrible. Gross. Yeah, uh, they I, probably I, hurt. I, I just, I just don't like it. But besides that, and uh, seriously now, uh, I, if I'm a Dallas fan, all right, I've got my, I finally got my head wrapped around Alfred Morris. Uh, all right, let's see what we can do in the draft. We got some holes to fill. I'm really worried about Tony being healthy and getting through this his collarbone keeps taking a beating and now they've shaved it down and and all this crap with him. And and I've got a hole at defensive back and my, uh, my old pro tight end is getting to be an old man. And he's really last year started to show it in the later games. Uh, Let's take care of that. No, let's go get another running back. I just, I don't That I just don't understand. I don't understand that they wait until, what was it, the seventh round to take a former basketball player as the supposed heir apparent to uh, Witten. Uh, just some of their picks I don't get. Uh, the Eagles, the Eagles uh, are completely uh, rebuilding and lost. Uh, Wentz, uh, I'm not 100% sold him. on him. And we'll see what happens there they got some talent on that team at certain positions. They've set a tight end. They've got uh, Matthews at uh, one-ride receiver spot. They've got Nelson Aguilar, who is still incomplete after his rookie year because Bradford can't get the ball deep, I mean, to anybody. So I want to see what happens with Aguilar. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see which one of those two young guys, Matthews and uh, Aguilar, that uh, Wentz uh, – builds that chemistry with. I think Jordan Matthews is a uh, star on the rise uh, and uh, doesn't get the attention that he deserves. Moving on to uh, Washington, Washington just keeps uh, making great moves, great decisions. uh, And that team, I'm telling you, they're going to be our pain in the ass in the division uh, if they keep going this route. And, and well, you might have wanted well
3: Norman as part of the draft.
0: And Nor, uh, you know what? Guess what? As long as Odell keeps his head, I'm happy they got Josh Norman. Because you know what, folks? Go watch the video of the first quarter of the uh, Carolina Giants game, where uh, Norman decided to uh, get in his head because he couldn't cover him. Uh, Odell was pissing on that man the whole first quarter. And if he Odell kept his head in the game and didn't go uh, ballistic, okay, maybe the Giants would have won that game, and he wouldn't have been suspended that next game, and uh, things might have been different. But no, uh, that's what happens when when you got a young guy and he's got a hot temper. And my only hope there is uh, uh, if they can keep that kid and get him in check and make him realize that they did a great psych job and he did what he was supposed to. He took him out of the game. You know, he didn't take him out of the game by his coverage. He took him out of the game mentally, which is just as good and just as effective. Um, if they can tell Odell to keep his head on his shoulders when he plays him, we actually have somebody we can beat like a redheaded stepchild uh, two games a year for Odell, uh, with Norman. So, uh, that is a weakness on, on, uh, Washington. If you ask me and, uh, he wasn't the, he's not worth the money Washington paid. And that's not just because I don't like Josh Norman. I have nothing personal against Josh Norman. I really don't give a shit about the man personally. Uh, But the thing is, is that he goes ahead and now is on Washington. And they better hope that they don't ask him to play a lot of man-to-man because he can't do it. You paid all that money for a guy who can't play man-to-man. And, you know, I'm going to wrap up on this, guys, about my Giants because I've only got four minutes left. Eli Apple. Uh, Work in progress, I don't know Incomplete, I have no real feeling on him Uh, I'm not happy with the pick I can't justify the pick uh, Based on my little ancient pea brain tells me Either take your greatest need, your greatest hole on your team Or you take the top player on your board The Giants did neither They redeemed themselves in the uh, later rounds Going ahead and uh, getting Sterling Shepard was a great need. Great job filling the hole there. Uh, Odell like in his route running, precise in his route running, and he gives the gives the quarterback that window to throw in, uh, and that's what I like. Uh, great pick there. The uh, best. No, the Giants didn't win the draft in the division. I'd have to go with Washington on that. But they weren't the worst either. And after having a good free agency, uh, I'm happy with where the Giants are going. Where they're going, though, and here, uh, again, as much as I was unpopular, I'm sure with some people out there saying, uh, and probably thought I was crazy in saying this about uh, Miami, taking the division, but I truly can see them giving. I I, I can see it tied possibly and uh, New England winning a tiebreaker. I, I really feel it's going to be that close uh, in that division. I don't feel that with the Giants, guys. Uh, great free agency, great, uh, not a great uh, draft, but not a bad one. After, before their draft, I was saying nine and seven for the season after their draft. I'm still saying nine and seven with an outside shot at 10 and six for the G men, 10 and six. And uh, they're battling Washington for the uh, division again, folks. That has been our show. That has been the NFC, the AFC. I'd like to thank Jason busy, Jay Cordner for joining us. JT, Jason Townsend. Guys, thank you so much for being on tonight. I look forward to being on the Gridiron Guys with you guys. Thursdays, 7 o'clock, everyone, the Gridiron Guys, the Fantasy Justice Show, every Saturday night, 8 p.m. You can't don't want to miss us. Folks, we're going to have some great guests. Over the next month, our uh, talent coordinator, has sat down with me over this past weekend. We had a couple of minutes to talk. The best thing I can tell you, and the best thing I can give you, besides giving you a great website with some great articles, great writers, fantasyjester sports.com, is that we're going to have some fantastic, phenomenal guests you're not going to want to miss here on the Fantasy Jester Show. Folks, It is my pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. Without all of you out there, we couldn't wrap our lives. I couldn't wrap my life and sports the way I do. I love you all for it, and thank you so much. And when I tell you, I will do everything every day possible to bring you the best website, the best radio show, the best information the best insider information, all that you could possibly want from a sports network. That is what I do day in day out to bring you what you clearly deserve. Our fans. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We look forward to you joining us again next week here on the fantasy jester show folks. It has been my pleasure. I have been the fantasy jester with JT and busy jay thank you thank you thank you for joining us i am the fantasy jester i am out of here good night party on folks